Hi, everybody. This is Josh McKinney, and welcome to episode 21 of the I Suck at Jiu-Jitsu show. Now, today's episode is a really funny, fun episode. I really think you guys are going to learn some things from it. Um, It's an interview with my good friend, Nick Sanders. Uh, Nick has an incredibly interesting story. Uh, If you read the show notes at all, you can see uh, he has done a lot of stuff, not limited to uh, he's a second degree black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. He has three college degrees. He is a Purple Heart recipient. He was in the Army. He was a U.S. Marshal, and he's a pretty darn cool dude. And I think you guys are really going to have a lot of fun. You're going to um, laugh a lot during this episode because I know I did uh, because Nick has a a really good sense of humor. At some point, Nick and I did go a little bit too far with our humor, and we are probably going to get in trouble with our significant others. There is a small potential that this will be my last episode ever of the I Suck at Jiu-Jitsu show because my wife gets mad at me for some of the stuff that was said on this episode and she beats me. So hopefully that doesn't happen. Hopefully she doesn't listen to the episode. Regardless, I hope you guys enjoy the episode. Here it is. Nick, how are you doing, man? I'm well. How about yourself? Doing good. I notice you say well. That's very correct. It's it's proper English. Yes. Yeah, I always say good. You know, um, you know, I I I argue the fact that you know at this point you can get away with being good. Well, it's true. The reason why I say I'm doing well though is a friend of mine met his current his wife now because of a because he said he's doing well. She's like, hey, how are you? He's like, I'm doing well. And she was attracted to the fact that he knew proper English. So what you're trying to tell me is you're trying to seduce me, Nick. Well, that or my fiance is in the other room. Just let her know how good she has it. Ah, yeah. There we go. There we go. All right. So I usually don't start these with um, like, you know, like kind of beginning at the beginning. But I yeah. feel like your story is super interesting. Okay. Not that other people's aren't, but you know, I just feel like, and I know your story pretty well, and so that's kind of where I wanted to start out. So um, you were in the infantry, yes. Um, you know, in the army. What what made you um, want to join the army? So, um, well, I was a senior in high school, and um, I had a bunch of soccer scholarships. Uh, go play D one soccer. Uh, you know, a bunch of offers on the table and, um, you know, cause I, I was very competitive in the soccer played for Anheuser-Busch's team, very big. And, uh, I was on my way to school. I was running a little late when the first airplane hit the world trade center. And, uh, I was listening to a local, uh, radio station, you know, KC 95, I was listening to them and they were saying, Hey, there was an airplane that hit and, um, we don't know what it is. Could be a terrorist attack or just an accident. By the time I get into school and I'm in my first class, we had the TV on, and uh, I wa- actually watched the second airplane hit the the second tower. And um, I was just telling Nadia uh, this story this morning, actually. Um, th- I looked at my buddy I was in art class with, and he's like, man, we got to do something about this. I'm like, yeah, somebody does have to do something about this. So I joined <laughs> the Army, 
uh, two weeks later, uh, shipped off to basic uh, after I graduated high school, and then um, did some time. I did a, about twelve months, a little over twelve months in Iraq. Uh, fought there for a little bit, and then uh, while I was in the army, I learned jujitsu. So, yeah, so that was that was your first inter- introduction to jujitsu, correct? Yes. So basic training. We, um, I was a pilot program where they were implementing the new combatives, and um, before it was boxing. You know, we they taught you how to box and basic training, how you know just Western boxing, and uh, you know the UFC was very popular. The the Ranger Regiment they had started their own combatives program, and it started filtering down into the regular army. And um, so there, I learned a really basic shrimp. And I learned uh, the triangle choke. And then, do you remember? Uh, you, you probably remember this: the, the the guard break where you like step up and slide your hand down your leg. Yep, and open. you force yourself into a triangle. Into a, yes, yes. So, so I, I learned those. And then, um, those were three moves we learned. And then the, the drill sergeant said, "All right, you can do punch to the body and slap to the face." And, <laughs> and we just we just went at it, <laughs> like on the grass, just beat the heck out of each other. And uh-huh. that was my first intro. And then you know, on, when I was what we call the line, where I was actually in my unit, we didn't do, we did combatives every now and then, but it was mainly like you know shoot, move, communicate stuff. Deployed after the military, I got out and found a uh, jujitsu school. Start training jujitsu. Where where did you start out? So I started at um, the Chitwood Brothers in Madison, um, Madison Mansfield, Ohio. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went to college there. Uh, and they had a jiu-jitsu school. I wanted to do MMA when I first um, when I first got out. I wanted to do MMA. I was the, the Ultimate Fighter was really popular in 2006 when mm-hmm. I got out, and I'm like, man, I want to do this stuff. And um, and then I got punched in the face, you know, like really hard by some guys. I'm like, man, I don't really want to do this. <laughs> I, I like jujitsu. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, I did jujitsu. Um, so I started with them. The Chitwood brothers, Sean Chitwood, was at the time was a brown belt. And Craig was a purple, and Neil, who's also an army veteran, he was still serving. He was a blue belt, and that was my; those were my first instructors. And so that's in 2006, right? That's when yeah, you start out. Uh, the end of 2006, yeah. Yeah. So you've been training about 14 years. So um, I always like to ask this because uh, uh, people are always really interested in it. That's something that like my white and blue belts always tell me is one of their favorite things that they hear on the podcast. Is uh, kind of explain what jujitsu was in 2006 what it was like training and how different it was so all right so i'll tell you the first this is like man what helson gracie was who i I was with he said there is no guard besides closed guard that's (laughs) (laughs) like that's what he said like half guard is just get back closed guard X guard doesn't work. All that stuff doesn't work. The, like X guard was just getting popular. Uh-huh. No, like Marcelo just started like crushing guys with it. There was no 50, 50, there was no reverse daily heat, but there was none of this stuff. And like spider guard was very basic and it was very basic smash. It, there was no like real flowy stuff. It was, we're going to go out there and learn how first the street defense is first sport is second. Mm-hmm. And, and guys would just, in the big judo geese when I first or Krugins, you remember the Krugins geese? Uh huh. I had a Krugins gi. I bought that because I like to do the Ezekiel choke, but the judo gi sleeve was too big, and uh-huh. I had to like really work hard. So I'm like, I gotta get a jujitsu gi, and I bought a Krugins, and it fell apart, like because you know it's made in Brazil, and it fell <laughs> apart. <laughs> it fell apart like a month later, but um, 
yeah, I had a Krugins and, uh, uh, yeah, it was, it was just, man, um, very old school. Like yeah. there were no, there were no black belts. There's five black belts in the whole state. And a lot of people don't know this, but Salo Ribeiro, he was actually in Toledo, Ohio mm-hmm. before San Diego. And I trained with, with him up in, um, Toledo every once in a while. But, uh, well, I didn't train with him cause I was a white belt, but I trained <laughs> at the Academy and, um, yeah, there was like five black belts, like Shanji and Salo, Chris Blanky, uh, Robin Geisler, Jeff Hudson, oh, and, and George Grigel was there. And okay. those were like black belts in the whole state of Ohio. There was zero black yeah. belts. Now there's like 200 or something now. Yeah, and that's like, you know, and you can look at that in, you know, Missouri and Illinois where we're at now. It's, it's really similar. When I started, I mean, when I started, Kyle was a purple belt. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I remember my first time going to a jiu-jitsu tournament was my first time seeing a uh, a black belt. It was uh, Jonathan Stutzman. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, and so I don't even know. I don't know what year he got his black belt. So I don't know if that – if it was even my first year of training. That might have been like 2007, 2008. He's yeah, from Ohio. It was, yeah, yeah. It was 08 when I – you know, it was, we were in Ohio competing. He, I think he just got his black belt then. Okay, then, yeah, that was – and that was – I remember that was the first – black belt that i ever seen it it was uh years later um kyle did a seminar at his school and i went up with him and it was like it was really weird because you're training with a guy that like is just a regular dude but in my mind i was like you know because i was 14 i was like oh my gosh this guy must be the best guy at jiu-jitsu ever because he's a black belt and oh, i had never sure. seen one of these for sure yeah I, like my first um uh my first in-house tournament was at Salo's gym and none of the black belts competed, but like, you know, you had some blues and purples. The first black belt I ever saw compete. Do you remember Dustin Hazlett? Yeah. Dude, I saw him at Naga. It was like, oh, eight. He was out there just smoking guys, just killing dudes at a Naga. And that's when Naga was real popular. Uh-huh. Another, uh, you know, uh, blast from the past for your white and blue belt listeners. Naga was the, the shit. Tournament it was, back in the dude. Day. It was. It was and the big dog. The Arnold's was, the, you know, when they put on the Arnold's, that was the biggest tournament um, it, that there think, was. Yeah, I think the biggest tournament in the U.S. was the was Naga when they ran the Arnold's. Before that was Helsin, and uh-huh. that was a cluster. But yeah. Um, but, yeah, like Naga took over in 08 and um, – or even 07, 07 they took over. Yeah. And there – I mean, there would be 5,000 competitors. Like, you wouldn't even compete – until three in the morning. Yeah, it was, and that's it was crazy. That was crazy, and the the craziest thing about it is you had guys like Marcelo when Marcelo was in his prime. It's not like you had you know purple belt Marcelo coming out and doing the Naga Arnolds. You had them, the best guys in the world going in. They had a Nogi Open Class division, and it was yeah. for one thousand dollars. Oh yeah, that was big, and that it was. Big. was it was the fight, dude. You you had Jeff Monson winning. Jeff Monson, mm-hmm. yeah. Pedro Pano was there. Pedro yes. Pano. It was like Salo, Pedro Pano, Marcelo Garcia, uh, Jeff Hudson. Who there was a couple of big name guys in there that you know they they were like I said competing for a thousand dollars. Dude, I remember. I remember. I really feel like it was the last year. I remember. Maybe it was '09. Uh, or maybe 10, but I remember doing it kind of the last year that it was like this really cool event for jujitsu. The Arnold's is an awesome event for but, sure. Um, specifically for jujitsu. I remember going, um, 
just being starstruck, be, waiting in line behind Bruce Buffer because <laughs> there was a UFC that night. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and at a concession stand and being like, oh my gosh, it's Bruce Buffer. I, I met Dana White there. The Did first you really? year, Yeah, the first year they had the UFC in Columbus. I think it was uh, um, when oh, Randy Couture beat up Tim Sylvia. Uh-huh. I think that was in Columbus, Ohio. And um, when he came out of retirement, I met Dana White there. Before the Naga all started, it was the weigh-ins. It was Friday. He was running around. I'm like, oh, shit. I, I, had, I pulled out my flip phone and took a little <laughs> selfie with him. <laughs> Dude, I have some I – uh, I, I, I bet I can find it. I have a horribly grainy picture with Bruce Buffer. Um, me and one of my guys just got his brown belt on Monday, Justin Kitchler. We were um, – I don't know if we were in the picture together with him or if we both got one with him. But uh, – or just maybe even one of him. But yeah, either way, That's Bruce awesome. Buffer, that was my claim to fame is that I met him. And uh, yeah, and we were live, if you will. You know, he was, <laughs> yeah, he was. That, that, that was Arnold, that was an awesome event. Yeah, you know, it's like the, pro- the problem that they, I think the last year that like, I think it was 09 when it was real huge. I think the problem with it was that they put you in the main hall as all of the other fitness things. Yeah. And you, it was like you couldn't see anybody competing. You, there's no warm up area. There was thousands of competitors, and they just—I don't think they were com- equipped to yeah. do it, you know. And I think after that, it kind of fell off. And I, is it um, Grappling Industries? Are they the ones who took over I now? I think I believe Grappling Industries uh, does it now. I, I, I would like to go again. I mean, I know it would be a fun, a fun thing. I really thought about doing it. They had. Uh, um, they had it, and I think I don't know if he's gonna. End, I don't think he's gonna end up doing it. But uh, Gordon Ryan was oh, supposed yeah. to be in the open class nogi. Yeah, I yeah. Thought that was like really cool that they did that. Yeah, they, yeah, they're gonna pay him big bucks. I think to go out there and do it. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. I, I doubt he was gonna do it for a grand. They had they had a pretty big lineup, right? Didn't they have a couple of big name guys that were? Talking I thought about? they like they tried to really make it stacked, and I think a few guys have fallen off. I don't even know when the the Arnold's actually is. I haven't. Uh, I, haven't um, I think it it's. Net this weekend coming up is it really yeah amanda yeah. amanda clifton's competing in it okay cool cool so yeah i don't uh i guess i didn't really focus too much on it because you know nogi doesn't work in the streets and so yeah and so people Especially don't realize exactly midwest in wintertime people wear hoodies yeah exactly you know people don't get it people think that that uh nogi works in the streets it just doesn't man <laughs> only gi training is what works in the street bad <laughs> yes always yeah. yeah and so i can see that becoming a sound bite and people thinking that i am serious when i say that oh too. for sure oh yeah. yeah you just got no film don't put any video up just put that audio and people yep. and i can will hate i can you. i can see i can see people um coming up to me at tournaments and being like dude i only trained nogi and i got in a fight <laughs> and i won and they're like nah you probably didn't use like real- first off you didn't get in a fight <laughs> you did do jujitsu. <laughs> okay, so uh, getting back to actually, we're still still on um, the army. So you're a a Purple Heart recipient. Yes. Um, yes. I can you explain? I think actually a lot of people may not even know what that means. They hear that a lot, but they may not know what that means. So Purple Heart is you are wounded or killed by enemy fire. So. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of guys who were KIA or killed in action, they get posthumously awarded the Purple Heart. But that's what that means, is that you were wounded or, or killed in action. And it has to be from enemy fire. It can't be like a ricochet from your buddy's you know, shotgun shell and hit you in the foot. It's like enemy has to be 
Mm-hmm. It actually shoots something so are you are you comfortable telling that story yeah i mean yeah I, i've been it's been oh let's see it's been 16 years since it happened i got it in yeah. 2004 um yeah uh, like so uh so we were back in iraq let's see samara iraq 04 july 8th was when it was oh. and um we were on a uh we're at, at the time when if when we first went to iraq we dissolve the Iraqi military and police and everything, and then we started building them back up. So when I first got there, it was ICDC, the Iraqi Civil Defense Corps. Mm-hmm. Then it turned into the Iraqi National Guard, and then it later on became the IA, the Iraqi Army. So at the time, it was the Iraqi National Guard. We were on their compound, and um, so their compound sat in, in between, uh, the, well, right on the, the banks of the Euphrates River. and. Okay. Uh, there was two bridges that went to this little island that this compound was on. And then on the other side of, of the bridge was an Iraqi police checkpoint. And then it went into the city of Samara. And uh, so the night prior to that, uh, we had taken some some contact from from the enemy. And uh, we we killed killed a couple guys. That We thought that was the end of it. Come to find out, one of the guys shooting at us was an Iraqi police officer. And they came up to the compound and asked you know if they said hey you have to pay for his burial you killed them by accident and we told them politely to go kick rocks that he was shooting mm-hmm. at us and um so then the iraqi police truck full of explosives drove on the compound and um blew up uh next to our where we we're sleeping and um so i was i mean i think i was maybe i was one room away so i was maybe 15 feet away from where the, the truck had actually blown up and it killed five guys in the first room and wounded 19 total. Um, I took some shrapnel from a car bomb. And uh, and then the fight ensued after that. So after we got blown up, you know, I'm kind of dazed and confused. And they start dropping indirect on us and, and small arms fire. And so, so I pick up a rifle and just kind of protected the guys that were hurt, returned fire mm-hmm. when I could until our quick reactionary force came in and, and I, they air, they medevaced me out to a camp spiker, and uh, I was I was out of action for about a week. They gave me some stitches. I had some stitches in my head, and my shin. Um, I had some good superficial scarring on my arm and stuff because uh, like a wooden door blew up in my face. Oh my best, gosh! Yeah, so I had like splinters all over my face and body and stuff. And uh, like a week, week and a half <clears throat> went by. They took out the stitches, and I was back out there patrolling with my guys and getting in firefights and doing that stuff. How how long were you in um how long were you there before uh before that happened? So I got there in February. I got to Kuwait in February to Camp New York. Um we were there for like two or three weeks. So I think March. So four months. Four months four in months. country. Okay. And then um that happened. I stayed in country until September and I got R&R for two weeks and I went back and then didn't come back to Germany until March the following year. Okay. So, so then how long are you there after once you, you get back uh, and you're on active uh, duty? So oh, back to Germany or back to... Uh, um, so after um, after this car bomb thing, you said it was two weeks and then how long so you were back to Germany? Uh, March the following year. So oh, July okay. till March, yeah. Okay. So, and so then you you come back to Germany. Did you train at all when you were in Germany? 
No, no, did training jujitsu, uh, to, to army stuff. And then I went, then I became a recruiter uh, for the army my last year, and in Springfield, Missouri, actually. <clears throat> and that's when I started watching the Ultimate Fighter and the UFC and all that stuff. And then uh, once I ETS from the army or got out of the army, I um, uh, that's when I started training jujitsu full time. Okay. And so you start training, and you are, uh, um, you are getting out of the army. You went to, you went from, so I got the reserves. No, no, I I got completely out. I got out um, in '06, just complete separation from the army, uh, and just started training full time, going to college, and then, um, and then I got back in later on. I I joined the guard uh, back in 2011, I think. So I had a five-year break in service and then got back in. I kind of missed the camaraderie and, you know, all that stuff. And uh, and I've been in ever since. So I'm on the path to retirement. Okay, so you're on the path to retirement. And you're, yes. still, you're still in school, correct? No, I, I just graduated with my third degree. Oh, <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, yeah. What are your three degrees in? My first one's criminal justice. Um, that's why I was in Ohio. I went to college for criminal justice. And then... Didn't do anything with that, like most college kids, and mm-hmm. uh, um, just trained jujitsu full time. I was a, a mat rat, and then um, like had it when I turned when I was twenty nine. I think I was about to turn thirty. I had like a existential crisis. I'm like, oh my god, what am I gonna do with my life? Yeah. And uh, and so I went. I, I kind of Google searched top fastest growing fields in the in career fields in America, and physical therapy came up, and. Uh, and well, let's backtrack. The reason why I, I was a mat rat is because with that criminal justice degree, I graduated when the Great Recession hit. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to be a law enforcement officer. And I, I worked a little bit with the U.S. Marshals. And um, and it's just like there were no job openings anywhere. It yeah. was just it was just uh, it was rough. It was a rough go. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, and then I and then. So it was hard. It was hard to get the job. It was hard. To, and then finally I started working with the marshals. And then after a while, I'm like, I just really don't want to do this anymore. And, mm-hmm. um, and I got into some private security contracting stuff uh, when I got back to Missouri for a little bit, but just mainly jujitsu. And then I went back to school. I'm like, OK, I'm not, you know, arresting guys. I'm not doing any security work anymore. I'm, I'm not going to deploy anytime soon with the army. What am I going to do with my life? And so. I, I started doing physical therapy mm-hmm. and then went back to school for my administrator's degree. Okay. So you, um, so you start doing physical therapy. You're by the time you're doing physical therapy, you're a black belt, correct? Yes. Yes. Okay. So you have, you start teaching too, right? Start teaching yeah. jujitsu. Yes. I, I was teaching. So I actually, uh, opened up a gym with a friend of mine, Jason Smith. It was S2 at the time. It's now mm-hmm. Maelstrom, but, yeah. um, we opened up together, and literally, I think like four months later, I, I get into school for physical therapy, and so I had to make that decision. I'm like, hey, do I keep teaching or do I get my degree and focus on that? So I, I just sold off what I had invested into the business back to him, and he he has a successful gym by himself now. So uh, and then I went to school. I just did physical therapy. So I I taught every once in a while. I, I taught at Finney's for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, the kids program with Ezra and um, and then, uh, you know, just went to school full time. Mm-hmm. And so then you went from teaching at Finney's and then you were teaching. You're the head coach at the hit squad for a I while. I was there. Too. Yeah, I was at the hit squad. Um, so 
they had their issues, as you know, with, with instructors in the past. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, they had some some black belts come in that weren't reliable or had issues with them. And I was contacted by the manager about taking over the program. And I, two years ago, actually, it was, what was it? 2018. They, yeah. they contact, and, I, and I was like, at first, I was like, no, I really don't need to do this. I'm making great money. I don't need to teach. And I, I kind of, I really didn't want to teach, honestly. And then I was like, okay, well, let's start with like two days a week, see how we do. And, uh, and from there, I fell in love with teaching jujitsu again mm-hmm. and um, realized that this is like teach, like I'm meant to be an instructor. Like I loved coaching and uh, I taught there for two years. And then unfortunately, the, the former owner didn't pay his bills and uh, <laughs> <laughs> it went bankrupt. So, well, I guess it depends on how we're looking at it. It was unfortunate <laughs> for you. For me, I bought their mats, and yeah. so and you got a lot. You got like all my students. <laughs> they all, I, I told Ma, hey, go to Josh McKinney's gym, and they all yeah. went there, and uh, they love it. By the way, all of them are super happy. So yeah, and for the yeah for the people that don't know, is we were actually in. Uh, it's funny, we're part of the same team. We were in the same city. Yes, that like, is like a, what ten minute drive from each other. Yeah, ten minute drive from each other. There's forty thousand people in the city. Yeah. Um, but still, we're both able to have jujitsu programs, and there were successful jujitsu programs. Mm-hmm. Like I had in two years, like I had like maybe f- like sixty people signed up. I had like forty regulars that would come in, and you have over a hundred people, right? Mm-hmm. I actually, I just signed up one fifty. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, one hundred fifty. So that's, that's awesome. Yeah, and so that was that. It happened yesterday. I was pretty excited about it. That's that's a that's a big number. Yeah, that's for sure, number. for sure. Um, so you now teach at Revive, right? Yes. So now, um, <clears throat> Junior Silva, his wife Jessica, and I started Revive out um, at St. Peter's. Um, so uh, I teach out there. Uh, like, I'm not there during the day because I, I still have my real big boy job. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm out there Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, uh, Monday through Saturday. I'm out there teaching. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. And you're enjoying it out there. Oh yeah, I love it. It's a it's a, a beautiful gym. If you haven't seen it, BJJ or uh, www.revivebjj.com. Check out the pictures. I mean, the, the mats are uh, Fuji mats that they used at ADCC. The uh-huh. white. It's it's beautiful. It's beautiful it gym. really it really is really it is a really just pretty. Everything's really white and just yeah, just clean. really pretty. It's clean. Speaking of like old school gyms. I remember, like my like where I was started at to where I am now is like polar opposites. So like when you started jujitsu, the the Chiwich gym was clean, but all the other gyms would like dingy, mm-hmm. just like like I, I feel like they had that mentality like the dirtier the gym, the tougher we are, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so you would see like jock straps on the mat, and like you know staff was not uncommon to get uh-huh. all the time. And um, and now the, the, the 180, mm-hmm. you have Revive where it's like we are anal about mopping every – like uh, Nadia the other night, she had some uh, toenail polish on, left some marks on the white mats, and Ooh. like right away we had to scrape them up. I had to, I had to kick, give her kick a her out for that. Too. I know. I, I told her, I was like, look, you do it again. You're not coming back here. Yeah. Nadia so, is Nick's fiance. Yeah, Nadia's my fiance. <laughs> she tra- she's, a, she's a white belt, trains jiu-jitsu. She's awesome. So I actually, um, since you brought it up, I had some questions about that. So um, your fiance starts training. Yes. Um, what was the reason? Why did she start? 
Um, she she was she, so when we first started dating, she's my uh, we met on Tinder. So I'll get the full disclosure. She's my Tinderella. Okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> so she she started looking up some. I you know I put videos on on Instagram and Facebook, and she started looking them up. And she's like, "Oh, that's really interesting." She watched some of my matches, and she was like on the outside of the culture just because of me, just by proxy. Mm-hmm. And she saw what I did, and she thought it was cool. And then you know I opened up the gym, and she's like, "You know, I really want to get the girls into it," and so. Mm-hmm. She's kind of started training a little bit to like kind of have an idea what the girls are doing. And we we took the girls and that didn't work out, but Nadia stayed. So she she just was like just I think just by osmosis being next to me. Yeah. She she just started getting into it. Now she really likes it a lot. She has this, you know, the the white belt struggles everybody has, but to her credit, she's super tough and sticks with it. And she has a live-in, you know, fiance that's a black belt. That we come home and we practice. Like she'll ask me questions on what she did wrong, and we'll talk and stuff. And so she's she's gonna be like, she'll be a black belt fast for sure. Yeah, we you and I were comparing notes on because my wife recently started training. Um, no, no more than a year ago, probably closer like eight months ago, and uh, we were comparing notes on you know how they react to certain things. My wife doesn't ask me a ton of questions about jujitsu. Like she, <laughs> she, um, uh, probably the best word to use, uh, complains about certain things. And yes. I'll be like, yeah, I'll show you this. And so she's always very receptive. But if I try to show her something that she didn't ask about, oh, don't. Yeah. You know, Dude. I better learn how to defend her right hand. <laughs> That's the one thing that Junior told. So Jessica is Junior's wife. Um, She's a purple belt, and he he would tell me he's like, man, I can never coach Jessica. She would get so mad at me, you know, because I would try to help her out, and she she would like she would get mad. And she's like, now she's better because she's a purple belt, and like we can talk more. But it, like I experienced that with Nadia, she she doesn't want me to coach her at all. So I, I try I try not to. Has Nadia competed yet? No, no, no. She hasn't competed. I don't think she really wants to just yet because uh, she is like more competitive than me. She's yeah. super competitive. Yeah. yeah. I, she wants to go out there and crush souls, so I think she's gonna kind of hold off until <laughs> until she's ready to like kill girls, and then and then she, I think she'll compete at some point. Yeah, I I can't stress this enough. The most stressful experience that I've ever had in my life was Emily's first time competing. She did awesome though. Yeah, she she won. She she had uh, three matches, and um, she won two of them, and ended up actually getting first in her division. And I've never been more stressed in my life. My heart was just pounding. Everything I would say, I was like, should I have said that? Don't say that. Like, I was so stressed. See, I probably, if Nadia competes, like an IBJJF or something, I, I would, I won't even be on the sidelines. I'll probably be up in the stands just watching and let one of you guys coach. Because mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want, like, I don't want to throw her off. And I don't, I don't want that stress. I'm just going to yeah. sit back and be like, all right. Well, the yeah. plan was, the plan was for me to not coach Emily. And she got called to compete like one of the first adults and they had just finished the kids. And so I was still the only coach there. And oh, so, man. yeah, I had, I was like, oh, well, I guess, 
I guess we're doing this, huh? It, it all worked out to your benefit, man. Imagine <laughs> if she would have lost, she'd have blamed you. Oh yeah, she would have been like, "Well, maybe if I had a better coach, you know? <laughs> maybe she would have taught me that position, Josh." Yeah, I'm pretty sure too. The girl that she fought, I'm pretty sure that it was her boyfriend or husband coaching her, oh. and so I had to flex on him and be like, "Yeah, dude. I mean, you know, or a better husband yeah, wife couple." Yeah, pat him on the top of the head and say, "Good job, buddy. You did. You did your best." But not today. Yeah, but I'm a better husband than you. <laughs> oh but, my god. But uh, kind of, you know, at, at this point, you know, we talked a lot about, you know, the army. You know, you train. You're a physical therapist, basically, and you just got your third degree. A uh, second degree. Second degree. Second degree. Yes, basically. Second degree. You do no. I meant degree of uh, oh college degree. Yes. Yeah, college yeah, degree. Okay, college. yeah. Then we can throw that into the mix. You actually yesterday just got your second degree on, uh, black on your black belt. belt. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so uh, basically, the point I'm trying to make is that you do a lot of stuff. If you had a baseball card, the Too back much. of it, the stats would just they would they'd have to do a smaller print. Too, well, I, I, you forgot landlord too. You I are do. a landlord. <laughs> you are a landlord I have too. way too many things. Yeah, I own, I own some rivals. We haven't even talked about uh, that you are a really good jiu-jitsu competitor. You know? <laughs> I, try, I try to be, yeah. Yeah, and so uh, kind of how do you how do you feel like you can balance all of that? Oh, my God. Um, it, I, honestly, I don't balance. I, <laughs> I, like one suffers. At, like there are one or two that suffer at all times. Uh-huh. So like. Right now, uh, not Nadia and I are talking. We're going to buy another home, and so we're oh man. So like, I'm, the pans are coming up. I signed up for it. I haven't bought the flights yet because I'm not sure, you know, what's going to happen with the house and all yes. that stuff. So so like something's going to have to suffer. You know, mm-hmm. I think I think I, I love I love Nadia. That's why I'm marrying this woman. I think what suffers the most is that like sometimes I'm a really bad <laughs> fiance, <laughs> and like because everything else is you know everything else not comes first, but like is important. And so I I, I think so a balance. Um, I, I just focus on what I'm doing. Right, like in the in the army, we have a saying. It's like focus on the 25 meter target. So that's like, you know, that's the closest target that you're going to hit. Mm-hmm. Focus on that one first. Don't worry what's up behind there. Hit mm-hmm. that first mark first. So if I have a competition coming up, I'll focus on, okay, what am, what do I have doing today? Am I doing the black belt training session with the guys? That's what I'll focus on. And then after that, what do I have to do at the rental property? I might swing by there, get some stuff done. You know, and work is work. Like, uh, to be honest with you, physical therapy is really easy. So mm-hmm. if you guys, anybody's thinking about getting in that field, it's freaking awesome. Um, yeah. So we're, I, and I, I work with a really, I have a really good um, supervisor. Uh, so I have a good team there. But um, yeah, just, I guess I have to put on the hat when it's time to do the army thing and focus solely on that. Don't worry about anything else. And mm-hmm. when, it, when I'm done with it, I'm done with it. I put it back on the shelf and then it's back to being dad, fiance, jujitsu coach. You know, I just have mm-hmm. to switch gears every time. Yeah, and I think that there is um, – this isn't just for jujitsu. This is just a, a very in general. Um, there is this thing for um, men a lot of times for whatever reason that you love your wife, your fiancé, your girlfriend so much. You say, well, I want to you to have um, like everything in life and or your kids too. You know, you, I yeah, want you sure. to have everything in, your, in life. So 
I will work really hard to for, to be able to afford that. For sure. And then you kind of you have to find that balance of, but I still have to spend time with you. Yes, that's oh my god, that, yeah, that's a discussion we had in this house the other day. It's like I want to provide as best I can. I, I'm like I think me. I, I'm like that the Rolling Stone gathers no moss. I always have mm-hmm. to have a goal. I always mm-hmm. have to be moving forward because if you're not moving forward, you're dying. Mm-hmm. And so like I said, I, I find goals for myself and I, I like, what do I need to work on? Not just in jujitsu, but life. What, what What's my next goal? So I set that goal and I go out to achieve that goal. And, you know, it's like my goal is to provide a great living for my kids better than I had when I grew up. I want to if Nadia wants to do part-time work, be a stay-at-home mom, wants to work, whatever she wants to do, I want to provide for her. And so, like, I don't have enough hours in the day to do uh-huh. that. But I think that's yeah. a, man's, a man's job is to provide for his family. And yeah. so I take that to heart. Yeah, man, I, I totally agree. I totally uh, – I, I get, you know, I get your perspective because you have, you know, you have your goals. And, and I think probably for both of us um, and probably a lot of jujitsu guys – um, when you have that mindset, when you have those goals, pretty much the the thing that's going to suffer the most is going to be competitive jujitsu. Yeah, because that's something that you know it really doesn't make money. <laughs> and so um, you know you can make it make money, but uh, you know especially like even the big tournaments that you win, they can you know they can help build your brand to sure. be able to have DVDs or do something For like sure. that. But the truth is, you know, you win worlds, you don't. You're not making money from worlds. Yeah, you get a painted gold medal. Yeah, and, literally. Uh, yeah, and so it's uh, you know, I think it's it is hard to find that balance cuz you still want to do what's important to you and and you still want to win in jiu-jitsu. When you're competitive, yes. you want to go yes. win. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I think yeah, the, you you hit the, you hit the nail on the head. It's like these tournaments, I mean, you can do fight the wins and stuff, but you're only getting so much money. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, it doesn't justify all the hours of training that you put in for that small ass paycheck that they give you. Mm-hmm. So like, so yeah, it's, I, I justify it as I'm building my brand. I'm, and people want to come train with me because I'm, people like winners. They like people who win. They want to mm-hmm. train with people who are competitive and not, not even, I don't even say winners. They want to train with, like, I feel like your students want to train with somebody who actually competes. Mm-hmm. They, That's very true. As the leader of your gym. You go out and compete, and if your students want to compete, they like to see the the leader out there competing. Mm-hmm. So, so like win or lose, a lot of them don't really care. Like the, they want to see their coach out there putting his, you know, his, um, putting his money where his mouth is. Mm-hmm. And so, um, that's the only reason why I still. I mean, I'm super competitive when it comes to that stuff. Like I, when I go in there and I do a tournament, I want to win. But I do it mainly just for brand recognition and marketing the gym and, um, you know, I, just some small personal goals. I want to be a black world champion. That's yeah, that's my yeah. goal. So and so that's <laughs> that's this year, right? You're going to I'm going to do it. Yeah. Master two this year. I'm going to try to win the world's uh, pans. If I go to it, I'm going to try to win pans. My my division's looking pretty good. Uh, like I, I looked up most of the guys and. I don't think I'll have a problem with very many of them. Yeah, man, I think, uh, you know, I think you're really, you know, and I can, I can say this, um, because I train with you twice a week. I really, or three times even. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really think that you're feeling really good. You know, and you always, you do do a good job go- when you compete, um, competing like you train. 
Yeah. Um, and I think that that's something, myself included, that's something a lot of people uh, struggle with. So is there? Do you have any tips on that? Like how how you can kind of do that? Um, you know, I used to struggle with that at white belt. I used to, and even blue. I think I think I started really turning it around at purple belt, where like um, so like white and blue, I would like I would be a smasher in the gym, and then. I would go out there and just lock up clothes guard and just hold on and like I can't I can't lose I can't lose yeah so so I, I actually um, when I started really making a, a lot of progress was at black belt now and, and as a, a mutual friend of ours Jeff you know mm -hmm. sports psychologist he gave me a lot of mental you know meditation workouts for you know mental building and and I started just telling myself I'm like look all right you know I train with some of the toughest dudes around yeah. And my stuff works on them. So mm -hmm. if I go out with these guys, they don't even know what I'm going to do to them. And it's going to work. Yeah, so for sure. So I just tell myself, I'm like, look, I'm out here to win. You got to open your game up. You got, you can't be, you can't, um, you can't pussyfoot around it. You have to go out there and play your game. And I always do a loose, what helped out a lot too, is at Purple Bell, I started creating like a loose game plan. So mm -hmm. I would figure out, okay, what am I going to do first? Am I going to pull guard or am I going to do a takedown? Because mm -hmm. if you hesitate, that's when you're losing. So you have to be able to pull the trigger before your opponent does. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to pull guard. What sweeps are you going to do when pull guard? I'm going to hit, try this sweep. If this doesn't work, I'll try this sweep. Then like, I would just leave those open for me. Like I'm going to try these sweeps. If I'm in this guard, I'm going to try this sweep. Mm -hmm. And then if I if they pull guard on me, this is the pass I'm going to do. I'm going to try mm -hmm. to force this position. And so I... I I prescribe a lot to Lovato's theory of like headquarters positions. Mm -hmm. Get to a position where you have multiple attacks, shut down your opponent's attacks, and then you can figure out what he gives you instead of like forcing something. Yeah. And so, and always have an answer for him. So I think strategizing, like have a, a loose game plan. What am I going to do? Pull guard, sweep, pass, then I'll start submitting. And then I'm not even going to worry about a submission until then. And so just, just little things like that. I yeah. Yeah. That. I think that that can be really huge is just having that uh, um, if you've told yourself that you're prepared for, you know, all these different positions that you're going to see. Generally, it's just much more helpful for your mind. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Like, you know, the, some of the stuff, one of the big things um, Jeff told me, it was uh, when things started getting like in, tr in the training room or in the tournament, you know, like. Uh, especially I think the, in the preparation, the training room, because it can suck sometimes when you get smashed and, mm -hmm. and you're in bad spots and your cardio is starting to suck and you don't know what's going on. He would always, he said, like, think about like a leaf that, that it's just a frame in time. It's like a leaf and down a stream. So that leaf just passes through that, that frame in time on that stream. And then, and then you just reset your brain. All right, this is the next, next session. Next match, if I got tapped out, okay, that is over. There's nothing I can do about that. Let's let's work on what's next. And I think just and honestly, being with the 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 team like you, Junior, Luigi, Kyle, Jeff, um, when I get to your dad, when when you got we all get to train together, I think that really helps out. Oh my gosh, like a Dude, lot. That, that's something I always had uh, trouble with coming up in jiu-jitsu and now i'm so spoiled i used to like when i was uh, a blue belt i was kyle's like i think i was his third blue belt when i was a mm -hmm. purple belt i was a second purple belt i was his third second brown belt mm -hmm. and these things are like uh 
they're really tough because, you know, we we go in and, you know, I don't have guys pushing me. And then the guys that I'm fighting, you know, at Purple Belt, you're fighting guys that are world champions. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. you know, I'm like, dude, these guys are in rooms that are just so tough. And so what starts to happen is as I keep, um, you know, like as we keep trying, like you're trying to build up that next um, that next group at your gym. So, like, they don't have that struggle, but you still – um, it still sucks when you have that struggle. Well, then uh, it literally seemed like overnight one day, like we all just kind of got together at like the same time, yeah, you know, two yeah. years ago and started training together. Yeah, it might even been three years ago because like Junior moved in town and mm-hmm. Jeff, Jeff came to school here at school. Yeah. And then I, I, you know, had issues at Finney's and, and came to Kyle's and we all just started kind of training together at Kyle's gym. And thank, thank God Kyle's gracious enough to let us all in and train yeah. together. Um, and then Luigi started, you know, he got done with the police academy. He started coming in and training and, uh, and now we have captain America who's in (laughs) (laughs) to really kill kill us. Mm -hmm. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think like, um, and I think the, you, you can have a room full of black belts and and not have the same results we have. I think the reason why we do so well is because we genuinely, genuinely care about each other. Mm -hmm. And we, like when you guys fought on Fuji, I think I was more hyped than you guys were. Like yeah. I was like, I was more pumped up for your guys' win than you were because I was just really proud of you guys. And um, I think that that's a, a, that positive room really helps guys get better. You know, you have that positive um, peer friendship. They're, they're pushing you but not pushing you to the point where it's, like, toxic. And they're mm-hmm. not – it's competitive but not competitive to the point where it's toxic. Mm-hmm. We're there to help each other get better. We're always sharing ideas exchanging techniques like hey man what would you do in this situation mm-hmm. i don't know how many times you like any of you guys have shown me something that i've actually used in competition I'm like oh yeah josh showed me that mm-hmm. you know so i think and that's always really important it is it's man it's just so nice to have that uh uh to just kind of have that mega mind thing that we got yes. all going you know yes. and so it's it's really been um it's been such a fun um, season of life just to get to train, you know, Monday, Wednesday, we trained super hard during the day, like, you know, during pe- people's lunch break and stuff. And it's just every time we just go in and train hard. Yes. It's awesome. I actually made my schedule at work so I can get off work <laughs> at like 1030 to make it down there in time yeah. to get training on Monday, Wednesday. For sure, man. So this is, uh, yeah, I think that that like that room, you know, is it's so much fun to have. But speaking of that room, I was really hoping I would get a segue to be able to ask you this. So from your perspective, can you tell the story of when you nearly ended my jiu-jitsu <laughs> career? I knew you were going to ask that question. All right. So for those, those who don't know, Josh beats me up on the regular and so, like, I mean, every day, I, I tell people this all the time. I think Josh has caught me, oh, a hundred times compared to, I don't even think I've caught you once yet. Not in the three years. Well, of well in this story, Except you did catch me yeah. pretty good. So, so I finally had enough. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so, so Josh, we were, we were training and um, I just had a weird sleeve grip and collar grip on the same side and I elevated you. And usually you're really good at like posting your free hand and like floating on me and hit, hitting passes or just stabilizing. But this time I was like, no, not today, Josh. You're going <laughs> down. <laughs> so I, so you fell on your shoulder and, and you kind of laid there. I was like, oh man, okay, maybe he's just maybe he's hurt a little bit, but you were still you're still there. You're still lucid, you know. 
I, I passed your guard, but you were kind of just laying there, to be honest. And, and I'm like, okay, well, I'm just going to lay here till the round's up. There's like a minute left. And uh, and I was like, okay, the match, the round was done, and you kind of got up. You're like, oh, man, my shoulder hurts. And then you just hit the deck. <laughs> you pass out. And uh, and we we had to elevate your feet. Kyle freaked out. He's like, oh God, Josh! He's like, so he he was really he was really concerned, and um, and so we we got you back too, and uh, got your 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 pants loosened up, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then we we yeah, I think you went and saw the doctor right after that, right? I did. So and this I- is this is what I remember. I mean, I I I remember around mine actually, like. I land on my shoulder while I get up, and you're like, hey, man, you landed right on your shoulder. Does it hurt? And I was like, yeah, it's sore. And you're like, lift it this way. And so I lift it, and then you're like, lift it this way, like out in front of me. And I do, and I literally felt like I just did it really quick, and then my arm like went limp. And I remember thinking like, oh, my gosh, that hurts so bad. And then I remember even thinking – Whoa, it's getting really dark in here. And Kyle was asking me if I wanted ice. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And it, he sounded 10 miles away. And then I hear Junior in his heavy Brazilian accent going, Bro, did you pass out? And I was like, No, I didn't. And I'm thinking about it. And I'm like, wait, I'm laying face first on the on the floor right now. And then you like everybody's around me. I'm laying on your lap. And you're like, loosen his pants, loosen yeah, his man. pants. And I was yeah, like, you Nick know saw his opportunity. Yeah. Nick saw his opportunity yeah, and like, hey. seized it. <laughs> Got to put add some embarrassment on top of it. Yeah, take his <laughs> pants off. Like, what what's going on? It's not that type of gym. Well, you know, so so that for those who don't know, when people go into shock, you got to elevate their legs um, and loosen up any restrictive clothing to help blood flow back to the brain. You know, you, you, when you pass out, you, you want blood flow back to the brain. And that's all I was doing. I had somebody elevating your legs and just, you know, you tie your pants a little tight. I had to loosen them up a little. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the funny thing is like there, everyone was like, dude, are you sure you didn't land on your head? You know, that could be a head injury. And I'm like, I I know I didn't. I know I landed on my shoulder. I was cognizant the whole time. Well, so I go to the doctor and the doctor's like, can you lift your shoulder? And by this time it's about three hours later. So I'm, it's going to be hard to lift my shoulder. And, um, you know, there's just a lot of inflammation. So he picks up my arm for me in that same forward position. And he goes, does this hurt? I was like, no, dude, it feels fine. And he goes, I'm going to let you take the weight of it. And I tried and my arm just fell cold sweat set in. I pass out again at the doctor's office. And I was like, "Yep." So it was definitely my shoulder that put me asleep. Yeah. So, and they said what they say it was. It was just like um, a torn labrum. Torn labrum. Okay. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. You're which, still training with a torn labrum? Everybody's got a torn labrum, dude. I like that, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I do. You're good. Is you rub some dirt in it? And honestly, I did. I actually did all my rehab um, at home. Yeah. And I what I trained we back a week a or like a month later. Yeah. And yeah. so, which is, I mean, that was. I probably I was still pretty weak in my arm, and there are certain exercises, but I'm I am pretty um, like anal about just still keeping it rehab and keeping it strong yeah, because I know that there is stuff not there that there should be. Right. Um, but honestly, it, it it really gives me no problems. Jared was ripping it off with Kimuras yesterday at that oh seminar. God, yeah, dude. Those were nasty. Yeah. And, <laughs> I'm glad and, it was you and not me in there. Yeah. I think everybody was glad about that. 
you know, I was I was talking to one of my students about like for whatever reason, no matter what, I am always the uki at these at any seminar. And um, the, the if, if people ever wonder what the who the the meanest instructor ever is, it's Josh Hanger. He showed oh God, yeah. He showed guillotines and monoplatas, and I literally, I like had nightmares about it after. It was horrible. I, I he he was bad, but I don't. I've heard that Dustin Deans is the worst. Oh, I'm sure. Dude, I've heard <laughs> stories about that guy, like. Uh, because uh, you know Ezra like was still America top team and all that stuff, and Dustin would come mm-hmm. in for seminars every now and then. Dude, he would like he would hold on to stuff, and, and uh, like, <laughs> like the Uke would be like damn near passed out, and he's like, "Don't yeah. tap yet, no tapping yet." It's like, oh my god, oh my god, <laughs> no yeah. Jared, I felt like I told you yesterday. I was like, "Hey, man, I think Jared's warming up to me." Because he the shit yeah, <laughs> he well no, it wasn't as bad as the last time when he was doing passing though. Um, he taught passing the last time he was in, and oh my lord, it that, was that half guard he passed he did on you looked pretty rough. Yeah, that was my I dislocated half. my hip for sure. But, yeah, I, that looked pretty rough <laughs> comparatively to the knee on chest stuff like that. Uh, the the knee cut stuff he yeah, was yeah. doing the last time wasn't so bad. You know, passing. He did say passing his, is his forte, so that's probably why he's so. so oh yeah, man. He feel he he really does feel a million pounds when he's and and so like that his style like like um going back to one of your original questions like with with the old school stuff back in the day that's all we did. There yeah. was no like like I remember when the bullfighter pass was like just started getting popular, but back then it was always like heavy knee slide just double underhooks was always like the go-to thing like mm-hmm. double underhook pass and just smash them yeah if you, had to, if, if you had to describe it in one word it was just always forward you yeah I mean? always everything always. was forward like you know, a good wrestling. guy to watch yes a good guy to watch is is uh like Walid ishmael like mm-hmm. he's the embodiment of old school top game jiu-jitsu just smash yeah, dude, those guys, they, and those guys, like, um, some of them you can be finesse with, and they will, like, try to deal with grips, and then, you know what I mean, and then start to smash again, but you go with some of them, and they literally don't even care about dealing with grips, it's just no. like, I'm just gonna press forward through yeah. everything. Yeah, and, and, like, I would say most of the time it works really well, but then you get then you get one of those guys who's okay with that getting smashed and just has the answer for you. And if you, if you constantly move forward and aren't, you know, able to shift side to side or go backwards and re re-engage, you're going to get beat. You know, <laughs> it's like, you got to figure out, you got, you can't, you can't smash, always smash. You can't always smash. It's just, yeah. Well, I mean, you can always smash. You can. Yeah. You shouldn't. You shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. You could. Yeah. I had this platoon sergeant. He'd always, he was famous for saying, well, look, you can do anything once, anything. <laughs> like that's true. You can't do anything once. Yeah. Or attempt at least. Y- yes. Yeah, you can. You can. All right. So, um, I honestly, out of the questions that I had written down, I think I've gotten through like three of them. Oh, Everything yeah. else was just little tangents. Um, but I know it's been really good because I know, I know people always enjoy it when I know. Like the, the way I always know people are going to enjoy it is when I enjoy the conversation. For sure. But uh, uh, so, yeah, most likely I'm going to have to have you on again eventually Sorry. because um, I've got about I wrote a ton of questions out. And like I said, I asked three of them. 
Give me a good but, one. What, what, what's a good question you got on there? Well, well, so at this point, I like to go to a game. Okay, okay. Yeah. So are you comfortable with playing a game? Oh, for sure. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, I don't I as far as I know, there's no way you can lose. Okay. Uh, I guess if you said something like really offensive or racist during it, you might lose. You know, that no might, podcast. Yeah, that <laughs> might yeah, that might be that might mess things up for you a little bit, but I mean it's gonna be hard to lose on. But the game is called Take It or Leave It. Okay. Uh, how it works is I make a statement. And you can either take it, which means you agree with it, or you can leave it, which means you disagree, and we okay. can conversate about it. So, okay. um, for example, I might say, um, take it or leave it, Coke is better than Pepsi. Uh, okay. Uh, I'll take it. Yeah? You think Coke's better? Yeah, for sure. Man, for sure. really? The Man, original. Coke, Coke, will, Coke will, like, burn your insides. Not that Pepsi That's why does it's it, better. you don't realize it. That's why it's better. You're cleansing yourself. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. That's smart. That's smart. I get that. I get that. Um, okay, so start out. Take it or leave it. Nick Sanders will win Master Worlds this year. Take it. I like it. I yeah, like it. it. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm excited about it, man. I'm gonna go to I, you know, cause I'll do Worlds this year, and then afterwards, I'm gonna go to Master Worlds with you guys, and I am not competing. Nice. I'm just that's going to coach and hang out. Who else is? Did we talk about Junior or Kyle or this? Any of those guys talking about doing it? Too? Kyle's Kyle's talking about it. Um, I don't know if Junior is. I know um, I have a few guys that are doing it. What Hubner is going to uh-huh. do it? Hubner, and then I got uh, the Arius twins are going to do oh, it. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> the boys, the boys that I'm sure are listening right now. Good. Um, yeah. And so I actually was messing with them today. Um, I know people listening don't know who they are, but um, this is the best example of them. If you were to order the Diaz brothers on Wish, oh, that, would be, <laughs> that, that would be those two. Um, oh, that's the best comparison I've ever <laughs> Right? Heard. Yeah. And so, and it's it's true. Which one is Rob? Which one is Nate? Or, or Nick and Nate? I feel like Nick is a lot more Eric. Okay. Okay. I mean, I can see that. Yeah. I can see that for sure. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, all right, so next, take it or leave it. Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Oh, I'm definitely taking that. Yes, that's what I'm For talking sure. about. That's Absolutely. what I'm talking about. I had I've had Ezra on. I literally had Ezra on to discuss this. Yeah, his justifications were wrong. They were wrong. He just doesn't even. It's crazy how far from reality that guy is. I mean, it it literally happens on Christmas. On Christmas. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's Christmas Eve or whatever. It's there. It happens yeah. on that day. You can have like you can have a movie that takes place at the Jujutsu Worlds. This is a Jujutsu movie. I mean John McClane tapes a gun to his back with ho 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 Christmas tape. I mean, how yeah. much more Christmassy can do you oh, need to be? Yeah, dude. Some people. Okay, so take it or leave it. Jujutsu will be in the Olympics one day. Um, I'm going to leave it. And the reason why I think I, it could be, but I say, no, I don't want it to be because I don't want it to end up like judo mm-hmm. where they take away a bunch of aggressive, you know, throws to make it look more fan friendly. They're going to, mm-hmm. it's going to, or Taekwondo even yeah. any martial art besides re- even wrestling, you know, like the freestyle wrestling, I think, is not as exciting as folk style. I totally um, agree with that. And, and, but they want it to be the the the, the 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 Olympic, the internet IOC, the International Olympic Committee. They want it to be 
um, viewer friendly is yeah. the, to make more money. And I do not want that for our art at all. Not at all. I, I would rather see MMA. I would, I would like to see MMA because they yeah. had pancreation back in the other days. I think yeah. that would be great. That would be but, cool. But like jujitsu, just don't touch the sport. I don't want it to be in the Olympics. We don't need the Olympics. We got the ADCC. We got the Worlds. Mm-hmm. Why do we need the Olympics? I don't want our art watered down. I totally agree. I, I, uh, um, I've, I've had that conversation with people before because that, if you look at, you know, I, I was judo's been in the Olympics for a very long time. Yes. But if you look at it before, judo was way less limited. It was. And yeah, now you can't touch the person's legs with your hand. At all. You know, you, at all. And so it's. Uh, you know, I really think that, you know, I really think that that kind of, you know, I, I still judo is fun to watch. It is fun to see the throws, yes. but um, I just, I just don't care for it over if you had like a hybrid where you could wrestle, where you could take, pick up right. legs and stuff. Well, and, and the thing is, is like they've watered it down to the point where it's be- it became, it's a very, it's not even judo anymore. It's a very sp- specific, like, confined you have to do you can only be on the ground for this long you can only touch the upper body it's not even judo like you took out all all the leg attacks you know moroto gari is a, a one that like roddy ferguson remember that guy he's the mm-hmm. he would just pick dudes up and toss them over the head and get epon all the time he can't do that anymore he took out that guy's number one throw he, he doesn't compete anymore but yeah it's just it's it, it just watered down the art and i just i don't i don't like it for sure i i totally agree okay so my last take it or leave it question. Okay. So, <laughs> in a white belt super fight, my my wife beats your fiance in a gi match to the death. Oh, I I, I gotta leave that. I can't do that. That's what I'm. <laughs> for, so yeah, for, that's several, what I'm, for, for several reasons. First off, if not, if Nadia would kill me if I ever said <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Second off, I gotta promote my brand, man. Like, look, I got, I, I gotta say, Revive Jujitsu is the best. I get it, man. I get it. I just, uh, I was, yeah, I, I, I think we should set it up. Oh you know, my We God. can all bet on them. Well, side note, besides, we that would be awesome to bet on them. <laughs> just, <laughs> just lay the money down, <laughs> right? Put the pressure on them even more. Just make them even more uncomfortable. <laughs> but Nadia does say that she wants to try to get a girl's thing going at revive like they have a Kyle's like maybe uh-huh. we could rotate and then at your place and she wants to train with Emily again and um was Betsy is that her name yeah mm-hmm. yeah wants to train with those girls again yeah women aren't welcome in my gym so we don't they can't all do right so it'll be it. it'll be a revive or Watson's not no, not I just not, not I head just kidding <laughs> uh, but yeah that's like uh yeah that that would be uh that would be a great team night right there oh yeah that, for sure on everybody's wives oh my god well and you know uh so and we got Jessica. There's mm-hmm. no other purple belts women that are with uh, significant no, I, others. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Hmm. Yeah, so that would be. But you know, uh, Nasty's uh, girlfriend trains yeah. at our gym. Man, we've got we've got okay. a crew. We could put her against uh, Jeff's wife, Jana. Fight to the death. That Man, be, that's, that I'm digging it. I'm digging this. We could start a whole a whole series and go from city to city. I should probably cut this part out of the podcast so no one steals our yeah, idea. Kind of like bum fights. Bum <laughs> 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 like wife, wife fights. Wife fights. Wife. You know. Uh, so we could do instead of fight to win, it could be fight to wife. 
Yeah, and so that, yeah, <laughs> and so uh, we could really steal that thunder. And um, like your wife can't be a, a blue belt or above. No, it has to be a white belt. And like the newer, the better. <laughs> <laughs> it's like if they all, just all started. submission league. <laughs> yes, heel hooks only. <laughs> I could, uh, yeah, I could see that being a. Uh, I could see this podcast getting either of us in trouble or both of us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that whole part you might want to cut out about yeah. the Nadia's you know, uh, <laughs> just a smile on her face. <laughs> oh. Okay, so I always I always finish um, the episodes with the same question. Okay. So I'm at a Nick Sanders seminar. Um, I am a blue belt, and during the question and answer part, I raised my hand and I, I ask you, you. You don't, you don't answer. <laughs> I'm not a real person. I'm not a real person. <laughs> That you're gonna make me run laps. <laughs> Don't raise your hand. <laughs> but uh, so I'm a, I'm a blue belt. I raise my hand and I ask you, how do I suck less at jujitsu? Oh, um, well, I would first tell them, you know, everybody's jujitsu journey varies, and I would tell my story of the jujitsu journey. My first eleven months as a white belt. I competed at a tournament once a month and I lost every single one first round. And so <laughs> I would have su- you would have considered me to suck at jujitsu. Uh-huh. And now if you look at me now, I'm double golding at all at the IBJJFs, you know, uh-huh. a three time Pan Am medalist. You know, I'm I, like, it's just stick, stick to the plan. Uh-huh. Listen to your coach, time on the mat, train the technique. Don't get frustrated, push yourself. And if you if you're if you're a competitor, you know maybe throw in some strength and conditioning classes, you know, like and, and get some extra drilling in. Push yourself. I think the biggest thing is just push yourself every match. If you're tired, don't sit out. If you sat out two rounds last training session, try sit out one round. Mm-hmm. You know, just keep pushing yourself. Self study. I mean, there's. I mean, that that's a loaded question. I mean, there's so many things you could do, but. Take take private lessons, positional specific position training, um, work on your conditioning, uh, and I think the biggest the biggest thing though the, out of all that like that's just that's just prepping you for the major thing which is your mental your mindset going into it. Mm-hmm. When you go into training, give yourself some small goals like if you're a white belt, hey, I'm not going to get submitted ten times today. I'll get submitted nine. Mm-hmm. If you're a black belt. I'm going to hit this pass and transition to this movement against another black belt. Mm-hmm. So give yourself training specific goals and have fun. I think people put too much pressure on themselves and sucking is a relative term. You might suck compared to the blue belt world champion, but to that dude on the street, you're going to mop the floor with them. Yeah, for sure. So, for sure. That's, so that's- just on that really quick, what um, when you go into training now, like when you're setting these small goals, are your goals like I'm gonna end Josh's career today? Or <laughs> that was my goal. It only happened once. <laughs> I'm afraid. Uh, like I'll say, so for you, my goal. You've been hitting me with that Bochinia ankle lock or whatever a lot lately. Shh, don't tell people. About Man, it. so good. So my goal is to not get caught in that when I go with you. Um, you know, I think my goals now is like try to hit a sweep on all the black belts if I'm mm-hmm. on guard. I because it's hard to sweep a black belt. Yeah, it's hard. It's like my goal is just oh, let's, let's work this sweep, especially when they know your game too. Oh my god, yeah, yeah, it's even harder. So that I think that's my goal when I go and train with you guys. Okay, get the sweep, mm-hmm. get the sweep, 
um, or like stay on top. I, I leave like very general goals for myself with you guys because it's just hard when you train with the same guys every day. They know your game. It's hard to, to do good against them. For sure, so, man. So, but to, unless unless your name is Josh McKinney and you throw something radical in there like a new ankle lock that you're <laughs> killing everybody with, it's ready for. So, so yeah. Yeah, I paid Nick to say that. <laughs> Private lesson started. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just like we planned it. Good job. <laughs> Pay promotion. Yeah. All right, man. Thank you so much for being on the show. Um, I know people are really going to enjoy this one. Um, and hopefully, I'll have you on again. Yeah, I shall return, as uh, MacArthur said. Yeah. All right, bro. I'll see you tomorrow. All right, buddy. And that is the episode. You know, uh, like I told Nick, I didn't really get to get through most of the questions that I had written down to ask Nick because we kind of go off on tangents and kind of just the episode was very organic with a lot of stuff, um, mainly because Nick and I are really good friends and we don't really run out of a lot of stuff to talk about. So uh, if you guys liked it, be sure to tell me because I plan on having him on again because you know it was a really great episode. I really uh, enjoy his perspective and um, hearing his story. And there are a lot of really interesting things about Nick's life that we didn't get into. And so uh, I really hope you guys enjoyed it. And let me know if you did. I always love to hear from you guys what you think about um, different ones of the interviews and things like that. Because there have been interviews that... I didn't feel like we're as good as some of the other ones. And people have actually come up to me and been like, oh my gosh, that was my favorite episode so far. And so it's so nice to have a different perspective than just mine. Um, And so if you guys get a chance, please send me a message on Instagram. You can Instagram me, the Josh McKinney, or uh, the show has its own Instagram, I Suck at Jujutsu Show. So you can follow us both on Instagram and just let us know if you guys are listening to the podcast and if you guys are enjoying the podcast. I hope you guys got something out of this episode. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day and I hope you guys suck a little bit less at jujitsu.